Hornets media day. It is over. We're going to try to break up everything over the course of this upcoming week. We start with some LaMelo conversation, a glowing review from everybody about Brandon Miller and the Hornets announcing a new partner. We'll talk about all of that today on Locked on Hornets. You are Locked on Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, in a minute, cause we live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast. And that includes YouTube. There's Doug Branson jamming as always. You can find him on his Substack, everyhornetsboxscore.com. And you can listen to me, Walker Mail, on WFNZ every weekday from 12 to 3 p.m. You could hear me talking with Steve Clifford, Terry Rozier, Brandon Miller, and Mark Williams today. You can find those interviews on our website wfnz.com or you can listen to some of the clips we'll play on locked on hornets throughout the Ooh. week we got some terry clips to get to we have some brandon millers maybe some steve clifford clips to get to a little bit mm-hmm. later on in the week but we got a lot of audio doug lots to comb through and of course as always we're gonna start with Lamelo ball we have to. I mean, he's the star player on the team. He is the the guy that just signed the max contract. Won't be making max money this season, uh, but is due to collect that starting next season. And a lot, a lot of people had praise for LaMelo Ball, too. I mean, we're going to talk next segment yeah. about all the people talking about Brandon Miller. But there were plenty of people also, Steve Clifford, Miles Bridges, Gordon Hayward, noting that LaMelo is growing defensively, that he's starting to take those reins as the leader of the team, and that I think that process is going to really evolve throughout the rest of this season. So there were a lot of people talking about LaMelo Ball, but it was something that LaMelo Ball himself said that I think, I mean, you could disagree with me if you like, Walker, but I think is the biggest story out of Media Day. We're not always guaranteed a big story out of Media Day. So a lot of this stuff is pre-programmed. Everybody sort of gets on the same page about what they're going to say, what the storylines for the season are, and there's messaging that happens in Media Day, right? It's it's kind of already cooked. It's in the oven. You get it out. You start to smell it. But this uh, story about LaMelo Ball's injury came out of nowhere a little bit, and it, it wouldn't have happened had Rod Boone not followed up on on a question about his rehab, about LaMelo's rehab, and said – you know, essentially, so so you're not wearing braces? And then LaMelo corrected him and said, actually, I am wearing braces. And that's that's the big story out of media day is that LaMelo Ball, uh, after recovering from these three uh, ankle injuries to the left ankle and then the right ankle fracture, is now wearing ankle braces. Yeah, I'm glad you clarified. I didn't know if you meant braces for his mouth, if he went to the dentist or anything like that. But you are right. It is ankle braces. He did, he did say that he was going to be wearing those this season. And that will do a lot better than any kind of uh, um, uh, what orthodontist work that might be coming his way. I think that'll help his ankle injuries a lot. Well, he's young, but he's not that young. I think he's he's past he's past the braces uh, part of his life. But yes, ankle braces. Now, Steph Curry famously wore ankle braces after early in his career he had multiple i think surgeries on on a feet surgery foot surgery and then an ankle surgery and there was talks of the golden state warriors moving on from steph curry before of course his ascension to mvp greatest shooter of all time because of those constant issues and the ankle braces seemed to shore it up trey young also wears ankle braces 
But are are you concerned, Walker, a little bit that Lamelo Ball is wearing ankle braces that it might you know just sort of disrupt the flow of his game? Well, and and this is why I mean it's hard for me to point to this and say it's by far the biggest story. It's important. I'm glad he's wearing the braces, but I can't tell you any specific reason as to why from like a medical standpoint. I mean, it, it sounds like it's the right move. The medical staff, I have to imagine that he got some kind of word to, hey, this is going to be better for you moving forward. So wear them. He's wearing them. That's good news. Playing 36 games, going in and out of the lineup because of a couple of ankle sprains and then the the broken ankle at the very end. And so, yeah, that's I'm glad that he's wearing them. Uh, do I think that they're going to affect his game? I don't know. I really I like I would be guessing, right? I, I would be guessing as far as how, oh, yeah, you know, when you start to cut, you can feel it on the end, you know, like, I don't know. Like, I hope it doesn't affect him, but I'm glad he's wearing them because, of course, he has to be as healthy as possible this upcoming season. So hopefully the braces do their job and LaMelo continues to ball out and show us the potential superstar that he is with the ability we've seen so far. I think this is a huge story. I mean, this is your biggest asset. This is the key to any future. Like, obviously, we're going to going to be paying close attention to the development of Mark Williams, and that's going to be a sneak key to this team ascending to playoff hopes. And obviously, Brandon Miller, if all of the praise that we're going to talk about next segment comes yeah. true, then that, that means big things for Charlotte. But it all starts, I think, and ends with LaMelo Ball's health. If if he's not healthy over the next couple of seasons, that's that's going to prevent them from realizing any – and I'm talking playoff series wins. It's going to keep them from realizing those dreams, I think. And, and so this is your biggest asset – and the fact that someone was able to intervene and convince LaMelo, and I don't know what kind of convincing it, 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 it took, I don't, I, but I don't think this was necessarily his idea. I don't think he, because just yeah. listening to his response to it, you know, he said, I thought it would be a big deal, but they don't feel too bad. This is a player that, I, that I've observed is a creature of habit. I mean, remember when he came to the league and couldn't wear the number one? And how much that sort of disrupted how he felt? I, yeah, I mean, he, he won Rookie of the Year without it. But yes, like I got you. He didn't want to wear it, but he did okay while also going with a different number. Well, that's how good. I mean, he's good. He's a good player. Like he can yes, overcome right, some of this right, stuff. Right. And that's what gives you hope about this. Also, the Steph Curry, the Trey Young, you know, the, the big players that have been able to wear these things and have success in them. I think that also gives you hope. But you do have to feel a little bit concerned that he's a different player. He's not Steph Curry. He's not Trey Young. And when he gets into these things, if he feels slightly uncomfortable, does he abandon them? Does it affect the way? I mean, look, the focus is on him being a better pick and roll player. That's a lot of movement. That's a lot of getting to the rim. You know, how did those ankle braces, how is he going to work through that? He says they don't feel too bad now, okay, but he hasn't played a single game, a single real game with these things on. Uh, it's it's going to be super interesting to watch as we get into preseason. I think this is a huge um, story. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I think it's a big deal as far as him wearing them for his health, for sure. As far as him adapting, whew, if, if it takes any adapting, and I hope if, if that's true, then I hope it's in the first, like, 20 games, and then you get over it. You know, I mean – if Kemba has to adapt to an entirely different shooting motion, if other players have to adapt to different stuff all the time, I really hope LaMelo can play well with the, with the ankle braces. Like I, I mean, that would be, 
that'd be tough if if these things were really affecting his play. I don't know if that's really going to happen. So we'll see. Like I, I hope not, but I certainly you need to have him healthy, bar none. I, I'm glad somebody intervened. If he, I hopefully totally. he wasn't adamant about not wearing them. And and he was ha- had to be forced to do this. I hope it was just, hey, I'd wear them this year. They're going to help you. Okay. Like, I hope it wasn't really a contentious conversation back and forth, but we'll see. But he is going to wear them and hopefully good. I mean, knock on wood, man. God, you, you hope it doesn't get as bad as it did last season. You hope that there's not really a, a possibility that it can. 36 games. Let's dump. Th- let's jump that up to two, right? Like double it up The 72 games. Hopefully that will happen. And uh, we can see him play real healthy. This is what I think was probably the biggest story as an overall takeaway from Hornets Media Day. Let's move on. Coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Glowing review from everybody talking about Brandon Miller, the rookie, Terry Rozier. Lots of people loved what they have seen so far from the second overall pick. We'll talk about that conversation in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by Ibotta. It's football season, so that means pizza, wings, and maybe even some buffalo chicken dip, whatever you prefer at your tailgate. Go all out and get cash back on every purchase with Ibotta. They give you cash back on hundreds of grocery items, from produce to personal care to pantry goods, so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns about $100 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, or you could use your cash back to buy that flight you've been eyeing, that game you're dying to go to, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Download the Ibotta app now and use code LOCKED to start earning real cash back. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A. I bought it in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKED. Brandon Miller praise coming up next, Locked on Hornets. Doug, I, this is what I think was the, the biggest overall takeaway from Media Day. It's everybody absolutely loving what they're seeing from Brandon Miller. And maybe I'm naive. You could call me that. That's fine. Everybody is going to say at least somewhat positive things about the rookie. No one's going to say, whew, boy, he's got a long way to go. <laughs> no, no one's going to say anything bad like that. But I think being right in front of Terry Rozier while he was speaking about the rookie, I think he showed genuine emotion that I don't remember seeing a lot when people talked about Mark Williams. I don't think we saw that kind of emotion when people were talking about James Booknight as a rookie, which it's not necessarily knocks on them. It's just that it's really hard to contribute right away when you're starting to run five on five. Like, think about that. Brandon Miller has played summer league and there hasn't been any other organization, uh, organ- organized, excuse me, professional basketball for Brandon Miller. And the fact that they're just now starting to run five on five and he's getting a ton of praise I think that really stood out to me. Hear it yourself. Here's me and uh, Wes Bryant on Wes and Walker talking with Terry Rozier just about how special Brandon Miller is right now. He can just hoop. He got the, he got the perfect pace that you you can't teach already for you know for for a young guy rookie. I think how unselfish he is. He can play with or without the ball. And like I, I'm already I'm seeing this in three weeks. And trust me, I I know he's gonna be he's gonna wake a lot of people up. 
thing about Brandon Miller that Terry Rozier kept harping on, it was how impressed Terry was about Brandon's pace. The guy knows what to do. Real valuable when you step out there on the court immediately. And I think a lot of other players are impressed by that as well. Well, particularly on this team, right? Because Clifford has said this team is going to play fast. They're going to play as fast as they did last season, but they want to improve the efficiency. And and I think Brandon Miller can help them do that. He's going to be playing at least some of his minutes with LaMelo Ball, who opens up a lot in transition. And I think that's going to uh, only open up more things, more open shots for Brandon Miller. Terry, not the only one that shared the praise, though. P.J. Washington said Brandon Miller is a great player. I feel like his game translates immediately. There's not a lot of things he can't do on the court. I'm excited to see what he does. LaMelo Ball said B. Mill, he's a great player. I feel like he knows how to play the game. Already playing around him feels right. Miles Bridges said, I like Brandon Miller's game. He already plays like a pro. It feels like the game has already slowed down for him. He's going to have a great year. Gordon Hayward said, he doesn't get sped up too much, which is rare. That was a little hard for me early on in the NBA. This is extremely high praise, and it's consistent. It's across the board. It's from different types of players, from veterans, from younger players, And yeah, you're right. I don't remember this for Mark Williams. I don't remember this uh, for James Booknight. Now, the difference for those players, I think, is that they were uh, they were late lottery. And so maybe it wasn't as high profile. Like everybody's going to ask about Brandon Miller because he was the second overall pick. I wasn't around as much for the LaMelo Ball media day. I don't recall there being this level of like wowza. I feel like that came after LaMelo's first couple of games where it was like, oh, okay, he hit the floor. Same with PJ. I mean, PJ came out gangbusters in those first few games, and everybody was like, okay, uh, this guy's this guy's the real deal. But, yeah, th- this early getting this kind of praise, um, it's outstanding. As, as a fan, you have to feel extremely great, especially if you were a little bit sour on this decision, if you wanted Scoot Henderson – I think all of this, there's no reason, I don't think, for these players to blow smoke about this. Because, look, if Brandon Miller comes out in games you know, one through five and looks completely lost, then all of these players look a little silly. They look like they don't know what they're talking about. So, real, I mean, there's a little like, hey, they're putting themselves out on the line a little bit to say, no, this guy's the real deal. I see it. I know basketball. And, and so I think this has to make you feel confident that, you know, I don't I don't think I don't know that he's going to have like a rookie of the year campaign, but I certainly don't think he's going to come out like Noah Vonley or Frank Kaminsky. Terry Rogier seemed really genuine, like watching his face light up. Talk about Brandon Miller. It was different than what I hear from vets about a lot of the other rookies and how they can contribute right now. Speaking of significant impact right now, that's the exact way I phrased the Brandon Miller question to Steve Clifford on WFNZ earlier today. Do you expect him to have a pretty significant role right away. Steve Clifford, while acknowledging that he is not one necessarily, uh, or acknowledging his pers- the the uh, reputation of not playing the rookies right away, mm-hmm. you know, he did say, yeah, he expects Brandon to have a significant part in the rotation. Here's the full uh, answer from him earlier today on Wesson Walker. He's been, uh, I would say, everything that I thought he could be. High IQ which has really become more and more difficult to find out of the college ranks. Super high IQ. They like playing with him already. When he's open, he shoots it. When he's not, he moves it. He knows how to play without the ball. He can really pass, and he plays at both ends of the floor. So, I mean, he's going to get big minutes. I mean, I know I always get the 
knock, he doesn't play younger guys, which I would argue if you look at it, it's not really true, right? I do say I've always played the younger guys who deserve to play, yeah. and I do think he will, he will be one of those guys. But I also think that what people don't understand is when you think you have somebody who's going to be a big part of things, and especially, see, I think we have a playoff-type roster. You also have to pace them in a way so that when you get with these younger guys to game 70 to 82 to the playoffs, that they've got a lot left. So that's part of the trick with him, too. But he's been, uh, no, nah, he's he's been terrific. Okay, love the answer. Ooh. One, when he stops in the middle and he says, he'll be one of those guys, too. So anybody worried about Brandon not getting a ton of minutes, he, he immediately says, he's going to be one of those guys, too, that gets minutes right away. So there's one. The other thing is, I think when he talks about making sure the younger players, it's basically like being wary of the rookie wall, just making sure that they're ready at the end of the season. I think that's just how you handle every young basketball player. Brandon Miller, Scoot Henderson, Victor Wembanyama, everybody that is going from 35 to 40 games at most in college, if you make the whole run in the NCAA tournament, to now 82 at the very least. So love this answer from Steve Clifford. Well, it's reality. I mean, I, I think what, what he's indicating there, what I think he's indicating is that early on in the season when Brandon Miller is fully healthy and fully energized, he's going to play a big part in figuring out what this team is. And then once all that gets figured out, there may be a portion in the middle to late middle of this season where maybe his minutes start to get reduced a little bit and or his role gets reduced a little bit and there's some other players that step up and it's it doesn't mean that Brandon Miller suddenly takes a step back what it means is there's going to be some management of his minutes and it might be subtle it just might be like three or four minutes here it it might you know there's certainly some things that they can do to to figure out that rookie wall I mean there's I'm sure they've got people just studying this year after year trying to figure out the best way to manage these minutes if you've got a player that stays healthy the entire season because indeed, if they do surprise, if they do shock the world and and go from, you know, their 30th ranked projections <laughs> seemingly across the NBA punditry landscape and suddenly make a play in opportunity, you want to have a Brandon Miller who's not completely uh, zapped of energy. Um, so I think I think it's a great answer. And it's exciting because I think Clifford has to be somewhat aware of what happened with Mark Williams last season and somewhat aware that he needs to communicate that he's seen enough of Brandon Miller at this point to say to say confidently, yes, he's not only going to play, but he's going to have a big role in this rotation. Uh, that's I, I don't know what more you could yeah. ask for as a fan of this team, and and as a fan of Brandon Miller, you're super excited. But even if you again were someone that uh, like this show, we were uh, you know wanting them to go Scoot Henderson. This is everything you could have asked for is everybody being confident that this is the right pick and now we get now we get to see it now we get to see it in preseason and we get to see it in the regular season too and and find out if if all of this uh, actually plays itself out on the court you know what else is a great sign is that Brandon Miller today at the podium talked about the importance of taking care of your body right away immediately That's great I, I don't think you hear that first day as much I'm, I'm sure we've heard it but Brandon Miller telling you to get on the table. Now he referenced Gordon Hayward. I was going to say, yeah, I was gonna say Gordon Hayward forced him and other young players to get treatment uh, on the table every morning. The jokes write themselves with Gordon. It still <laughs> matters, right? Take the easy joke. 
move on. And yes, I think it you matters. listen to that guy when he, whenever he tells you yeah. anything about injuries or taking care of your body, you listen to that guy. That is, you know, he's a veteran in a lot of respects, and he is a he is a war torn veteran when it comes to injuries. So you listen to that guy. Last one, also muscle watch. Brandon Miller, he's there. Reached his goal, two hundred and ten. Looked bigger. It's always funny to mention that you make you get made fun of, but he does. He looks uh, and and he talked about you know being able to take those bumps when you're driving in the lane. I think that was big. Like he fully acknowledged that that was a weakness, a part of his game, and that's a big old transition from college to the NBA level. That yeah, putting on more weight so he can take the bumps, also dish him out, but really it was to take that punishment because of how physical the league is. So he knows, man, smart dude. And I think Brandon Miller has talked about that. I think Steve Clifford, as you heard in that soundbite, really took that note. Final thing on Brandon Miller from you. I love a good Weight Watchers. I love a good muscle watch. This is muscle muscle watch season. Mark Williams said he added 10 to 12 pounds of muscle. JT Thor, I feel like one-upped Mark and said, I added eight pounds of straight muscle. I don't know what the what's the conversion rate of straight muscle to regular muscle. I'm not sure, but JT Thor, he looked I don't know if it was the camera lens or what, but he looked pretty jacked too. I'm gonna then, guess yeah. the lighting. The lighting really does a good job of showing the shadow between the deltoids and the biceps yeah. and the triceps. Um, I'll tell you this. Mark Williams looked the yeah. most uh oh, the yeah. the strongest compared to what they did last year. That's uh-huh. what I'll say. If you okay. care. If you Bre- care. Okay, Brandon Miller. Brandon Miller said he 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 had hit his weight goal of 210 pounds. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a journey because I don't think 210 is the end goal, right? I, I think right. I think you have to be careful as a young player. And and some reps for Wimby talked about this. You don't want to put weight on too quickly. Um, it can have detrimental effects on different parts of your body, injury concerns, all kinds of things. Uh, Mecca Okafor went that went through that early in his career and kind of derailed his Bobcats career by putting on too much weight too fast. So this is going to be a journey for Brandon. He's not going to be like right sized this rookie season. This is going to be a three, four year journey to get his body into that super wing peak physical conditioning. But step one, I, you know, if, if that was the goal and if that was what the team felt like was the right goal, then, you know, step one is complete. You know, what else is a great way to put on some weight eat a bunch of chocolate yeah there you go i I thought you might get it coming up next on the locked on hornets podcast don't go to sleep on the hornets just yet the hornets teased it a part of their twitter handle they're teasing a media day the hornets have a new partner in mr beast and feastables candy bars we'll talk about that coming up next locked on hornets All right, Doug, I tried it today. They had a whole bunch of candy bars at the Spectrum Center. I tried it. Wes tried it. Terry Rozier did. We did a taste test on the airwaves. You can go check it out on WF at WFNZ at Wesson Walker on Twitter. You got a candy bar, too. So you went out and you made sure you got Mr. Beast, uh, Mr. Beats, excuse me, Mr. Beast. Feastables. There, I got it out. <laughs> it's the new jersey patch. You can see the logo of Mr. Beast right there on the Hornets uniform. It is now the candy bar from Feastables that they are supporting. Pretty cool, I think. I think it's I think it's a cool sponsor. The logo looks pretty sweet on the jersey. And I know you're supporting as you just went out and got a candy bar earlier today. 
Well, listen, I'm supporting because Mr. Beast is on YouTube and, you know, uh, he's now part of the of the Charlotte Hornets organization. Uh, we are, I would say, self-proclaimed, but also probably, in fact, the number one Hornets podcast um, anywhere. And so, you know, Mr. Beast oh, might okay. want to support the number one Hornets podcast. So, you know, you know, of course, we got to, you know, get the candy bar on there. I tried it. It was good. I went to 7-Eleven. Apparently, they're available at 7-Eleven. There's one near me. I uh, tried to ring it up. It didn't ring up for some reason. It took like three clerks coming over to figure out how to charge me for <laughs> candy bar and all of them were looking at me like do you really oh, need no. this candy bar can you not just run back grab a snickers and let us all get out of here and i said i can't i actually i need this candy bar uh for a prop uh so you know eventually i did leave the store <laughs> and i got the candy bar i think this is a very interesting decision by the mm -hmm. charlotte hornets who i would note are now under new ownership and I would question whether maybe the old ownership would have been as willing to go out and find a partnership like this that is unique. It is the first time an NBA franchise has gone out and gotten this kind of partnership with a creator-led business, an influencer, um, somebody that's sort of in this new economy of go on YouTube or go on TikTok and do crazy things and make lots of money. And... I think that's going to present some interesting opportunities for the Charlotte Hornets to access a younger demographic. I think you still have to win. I don't think, you know, if you're, if you continue to lose, you're not going to attract anyone young or old. So you've got to win. Um, but I think also to make this partnership work, Walker, you, you have to, it just can't be just a patch on the Jersey. There has to be some kind of, I think, relationship partnership with Mr. Beast to access his audience and it has to be done in a way that makes sense for Mr. Beast, who is like, if you know anything about him, he does crazy things. He's irreverent. Sometimes he gets in trouble for some of the crazy stuff he does on YouTube. Uh, you know, he's, he's courted controversy before. I think generally he tries to do the right things. He's not like one of these Logan Paul cats who just does terrible things for clicks um, and doesn't really care about the effects of the things that he does on other people. I don't think he's like that. But this is going to be interesting to see the buttoned-up world of NBA franchise meets irreverent brand thing and how that works. And, and even on your radio show, radio show today, you were asking Terry Rozier about one of the other candy bar flavors, which is called D's Nuts. And you were making, yes, I'm you were 12. doing that. You were being school. Yeah, you, were, you and Wes were being school children on the air doing these nuts <laughs> jokes. And I could feel someone from PR. I don't know. I don't know anything. I wasn't there. I've been sitting here in Nashville, but I could just feel like the force. I could feel someone from PR cringing at the <laughs> idea of the Charlotte Hornets and these nuts being in the same sentence. And so if they don't figure out a way, I, I, uh, I remember ESPN and Barstool, remember when they got into, into bed together, Walker, and that lasted what, five minutes? Because ESPN, and if they're getting in bed together. Because ESPN wanted Barstool's audience, but they didn't want to do anything associated with their brand that would be necessary to access that audience. That's my big question. Will the Charlotte Hornets be willing to get into the playpen of Mr. Beast, which is not the playpen of Lending Tree, right? It's just two different things. Are they going to be willing to do those things or, or will that cause conflict? I think that'll be interesting to see.
Uh, Mr. Beast from North Carolina, by the way, there are local ties here. I remember Mr. Beast put out a video a while back where there was a competition. Cam Newton was a part of it, and it was how many footballs could you catch in like a minute's worth of time. So has worked with the other professional franchise here in Charlotte before. And even with you talking about Mr. Mm. Beast being irreverent, fun-loving, coming up with these crazy videos on YouTube. Yes, Doug is trying the candy bar as we speak. Oh, yeah. I like it too. I, I tried these nuts. Yes. And the milk chocolate flavor. And we I will definitely play good. in that playpen. We have no problem uh, getting getting Love in it. the mud and, and messing around and having a good time. I just worry that that's not mm. traditional. Not even the Horn- I'm not even talking about the Hornets being unique to this. Like any professional sports franchise, right. whenever they do something weird on Twitter, they're like, I mean, the Hornets have just recently done that. They tried to put out, I, yep. I don't know if you saw my Friday show, they put out the green screen thing with Terry Rozier and people <laughs> fooled around. And you don't think Mr. Yeah. Beast's audience would do that? They uh, fooled yeah. around with those uh, photoshops in a, in a not very brand safe way and Hornets immediately pulled it. Yeah, they did. There was a lot. <laughs> it was bold, and uh, and they put it out there. But yeah, I thought this was cool. I thought this was a uh, and plus, I think Sam Farber talked about it. Hornets play by play announcer. I think talked he's about right. These nuts. Uh, yeah, he talked about. Well, first, he really appreciated me putting him on the spot with the nuts <laughs> on the airwaves. He was very appreciative of that. I'm sorry, you can't hand me a D's nuts flavor candy bar and me not talk about it. That's why you gave me the candy bar. What am I supposed to do? So he also talked about the logo looking pretty cool, by the way. Like if you care about the aesthetics and you care about the aesthetic on the actual jersey, how it looks, pretty cool. Way I will different say, than Lending I will say it, it would have fit better on a Bobcats jersey. Okay. I mean, it does look, it's got, it's a, a cat-like thing. It would have, oh, it's, wow. it's a little bit of a callback to, now if they want to do a Bobcats yeah. throwback at some point, it's going to really work. The Beast Cats could have had something like that. Maybe doesn't matter with the Hornets now. Um, did you want to get to the Kelly Oubre diss track before we end today's show? Or did you want to tease that and talk about it tomorrow? No, I think just a quick lightning round of a few things, because look, there's going to be a lot that we've got to get into. We're going to talk about Mark Williams this week. Um, a lot to be said about Miles Bridges return and how, how does the team, you know, Steve Clifford had some thoughts about how they're going to deal with the fact that he's going to be out for 10 games, but they've got to prepare and training camp with him. And so how do you figure all that out? We got, we'll, we'll talk about that as well. Nada's going to join the show this week. Man, I really should have had some water, some milk ready. This chocolate is gumming me up. Uh, we're going to have Nada. We're going to have uh, Nick Carboni is going to rejoin the show this week. So it's going to be a big week. So I thought we could do a little quick lightning round of some things that I saw around Media Day, both from the Hornets and the NBA. And the first thing was, as you mentioned, uh, this Kelly Oubre diss track that he released uh, via – the uh, Philadelphia 76ers media day. I'm pulling up the quote now. So it's Kelly Oubre at media day saying, quote, this team wins every year, right? The fan base wants them to win more, but I come from teams where they have no hope, like zero hope within the whole city. (laughs) (laughs) And that's not this at all. So I appreciate the fan base for being hard on the team, fair or foul Walker on these uh, Kelly Oubre disses. I don't know, man. You don't want to hear it. <laughs> the The problem is when he says teams, if you go back to Golden State. He's a warrior. Right, right. So he's he even if that was the year 
that they weren't very good because of some of the injuries that they suffered. Um, you are talking hope. about the Hornets teams, right? Like the last two years. Yeah. So what do you make of it? Do you think it's fair or foul and, or, and, and does it put a sour note on the Kelly Oubre experience? Like we couldn't just have no. that transition. <laughs> he, he has to, I don't know. I, I don't know about burn the bridge, but it certainly wasn't great. No, no, no. I'll tell you why this doesn't bother me because you don't get tsunami poppy without, without this. Right. You don't get because he's high emotion. You don't get all of the fun stuff like blowing kisses on the court. You you can't have that and have him, you know, just be okay with with being he wanted to stay. And the Hornets said, no, you cannot stay. And, and I'm sure that hurt and hurt people hurt people. And, and so that's all this is. I think Kelly is. Uh, upset that he doesn't uh, that he's not in Charlotte anymore and so you know he had a chance to just get a little jab in there and he took it and that's fine because I think he's going to be successful in Philadelphia I think it's a great spot for him I think it would have harmed his career overall staying in Charlotte so I think when he looks back on this someday he'll go yeah that was a blessing and you know we'll we will have all moved on uh, so those are my thoughts on that. And then the final thing that I wanted to get to, if I put my rundown back up here. It's the biggest oh. lie at media day, Doug. This is your thing. Yeah. This is the biggest lie told. Yeah. Tell the people what it is. Well, it, it, I say the biggest because there are, are a lot of, I won't call them out and out lies, but there are a lot of embellishments on, on media day. Media day is meant to inflate the hope of fans. It's meant to say, this is a playoff team. What I think everybody knows this is most likely not a playoff team. Uh, so there are a lot of little fibs told on Media Day about what you're working on. I think Weight Watchers is a giant fib show of, you know, how much weight did you put on? But here's the biggest lie that I thought was told on Media Day. This is from at Sam Purley, at Sam underscore Purley. Uh, Richard, uh, Nick Richard says he's been practicing shooting more threes, but it's not something his game is going to be molded around right now. Maybe in the future, though. You don't fool me, Nick Richards. I know for a fact that you are hiding a dripping wet jumper underneath a bushel, and you are going to reveal it this season to the entire world. You're, this is a huge bluff on your part. But you can you can look if you're sitting across from me from the poker table, you can put on the the Chris Moneymaker glasses. You can do whatever you want, but you're not fooling me, buddy. I know that you're a shooter. Uh, we did ask Steve Clifford, who had the most impressive offseason or summer, Nick Richards, JT Thor. They both came to mind, but he said Nick Richards first. Maybe it was because of three-point shooting. I think you're I'm right, Doug. You. There you go. All right, that'll do it. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast. That includes YouTube. Make your second listen, Game to Game NBA, every moment, every top performance, I every have result. I had a lot of chocolate. They have you covered on every single platform with every single storyline happening within the association. All right, we're going to end it there. My voice is about to give out something serious. I, I need an insulin you. shot. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you're eating lots of chocolate. We ate a bunch of chocolate today. Everybody did. Uh, yeah, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to comb through all of this audio from Media Day. Still have a lot more to get to, so make sure you stay tuned every single day right here on Locked on Hornets. Thanks for making us your first listen. We'll be back with you tomorrow. 